Yep, and welcome back to Talking Knicks. We had a bye week. Well, and the Knicks played like they had a bye week, but they did not. We're going to catch up on a couple weeks of Nick action. I'm here joined by the brothers, Poon, Greg, and Kenny. We're going to talk some big topics, some scope stuff. Moody, a Frank, Mitchell Robinson, Luke Cornett, probably not a lot, but hey, Guys, I am happy to be talking Knicks, so let's talk Knicks. The New York Knicks select Christoph Porzingis. Toast and toast, huffing and stuffing. Again, ignited and I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. And welcome back to Talking Knicks. I am Jake Storielli. As mentioned, I am joined by the brothers, Greg and Ken Poon. Greggy P in the power of three. How you doing, man? What have you been up to? I've been at work for the last month. That's about it. I don't even I don't even watch the Knicks play anymore. I'm just gonna improv this. You just been working. Yeah. Yeah. Some some guy had a baby, so he went on paternity leave for a week and a half and they just put me in charge. I'm not qualified, but, but they just- <laughs> I'm I don't, am I happy for you? Am I sad for you? Should we be mad at that guy for having a baby? No, he's all right. But, uh, you know, I'll probably get fired in a week or two, and then I'll, then I'll be free to talk next more often. All right. And an early Merry Christmas. Kenny Poon, how you doing? Jake, Jake, Jake. I'm doing well. Uh, had, a, had a solid weekend. Went out uh, and played some basketball yesterday. Probably better than the Knicks, if I had to guess. Okay. Um, and, you know, that was the first time we got out in the court in a while. Greg was there. Co-host Tom was there as well. Not here tonight. Sketchy stuff, but uh, had a good time. Good weekend overall. What What was right in your game? Did you have the three-point shot? Were you getting to the 10? So I hit – there was a couple games when I was hitting my shot, and then, like, towards the end, as we got tired, nothing was going – but really, it was just good to get out there and get the legs stretched. I'll say that I showed up about forty-five minutes late, and I don't—I don't think I saw Kenny make a shot. So wow. I can't verify that he was hitting early. Ken? Well, I was. I was. Trust me. <laughs> that holds up in the court of law. I'll believe it. None of you were there. Greg wasn't there. No one can say anything. If Tom were here, he'd back me up. Did you bust out the Rondo fake around the back pass into the layup? So that's I think, a Ken Poon specialty. Yeah, I think you just said that because you wanted to make me angry. Because everyone, I have been doing that since middle school, and people <laughs> people were giving credit to to Rajon Rondo as inventing that move. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is just a move that people do, and I've been doing it since before Rajon Rondo. I, I've always well, hated always hated that Rajon Rondo gets more credit than you. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you were going to say, Greg? No, I was going to say Rhonda went to our middle school, so it <laughs> makes it tough. That was the crazy part. Yeah. Um, well, enough about us balling. I was uh, my apologies to the talking talking Knicks faithful. I was at baseball's winter meetings, which was pretty wild. We we did some really good talking Yank stuff, um, and then was just like dead. Was doing like these days where you're on your feet all day, and you're like, "Am I getting old?" And then you're like, "Yeah, I am getting old." The, just the back of my knees hurt, and I haven't done anything. So, um, but it's good to be back. And it was, uh, I kind of had to dive back into the Los Knicks today because uh, I was getting bits and pieces. I did bet on them. Um, I bet on them to win when they played at Cleveland, which they didn't, although they were in position to. Um, and let's let's circle back in these past two weeks because we have we've we've missed a lot, um, a lot of losing mostly. I'll uh, I'm just gonna list the games real quick and we'll we'll see where you guys have touch points. We lose to the Wizards at home. We lost at the Celtics. We lost at home versus Brooklyn. At home versus the Hornets. At the Cleveland Cavaliers. Then we won an overtime gay game at Charlotte. And then we lost uh, last night or tonight when we're recording at the Pacers. A lot of losses there, Greg. That was the first thing you noticed. Um, 
and we we've got a lot of a lot of stuff to circle around. I mean, when that Wizards game, I think that was Courtney Lee's first game back where he blew the layup, which would have been a crazy comeback. Yeah. I was laughing and laughing remembering that. Um, goodbye, Ron Baker. I don't I don't know, Greg. In these games, does anything jump out that you you feel like you need to get off your chest? And they lost. They lost in all kinds of ways. They lost <laughs> that that Wizards game. They were losing by like ten with like a minute and a half left. So you were like ready to give up, and then they just made a crazy comeback. And then John Wall just hit a hit a three to to put them knock them out of their misery. Celtics just killed um, uh, Brooklyn. Pretty pretty natural loss there. Hornets natural loss. Cavs close game loss. Hornets game fun fun win. Uh, yeah, not a lot jumps out of me. Good to have Courtney Lee back. Well, you know, it's 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 a tough time right now. Honestly, I didn't realize that things were as bad as they were until you you sent me the list of what's happened in the last two weeks, and I, I saw one one win and six losses. Yeah, and that I I mean, we are going back now. That wizard that wizard game almost was insane. <laughs> um, that was nuts. That Courtney Lee missed layup. You're like, oh, this probably isn't going to mean anything, and then you're like, oh, damn. And they even played great defense on that last uh, that yeah. John Wall dagger three because you got a contested John Wall three from like 32 feet, um, and he drains it, and that that was it. Um, but but you're right, and uh, we we've got a lot of topics in our knickknack section. Still stoked about that name. Um, where where we're gonna run through it, but Kenny Poon um, and anything from any of these games that that jumps out to you, you feel like you got to talk about. No, not not really. Uh, I think we're going to touch on a lot of these points later on. There was some players who played uh, pretty well during this stretch. There was a lot of things happening kind of off the court that I'm sure we're going to talk about. Um, the one flip side to, to Greg's point about how bad a lot of these losses were is the Hornets. The Hornets win was a very exciting win where they came back from down something like 20. Yeah, it was 21 or something. Um, that was good. Good comeback. That's, that's why I didn't think things were so bad because that one win was like, wow, what a win. (laughs) And that's, Hey, if if they could keep tricking us and doing that and and get that high lottery pick, I'll take that. But yeah, on the road against a, uh, a competitive Charlotte team. That's, uh, that was pretty wild. Uh, Knox had 20 in that game. He's He's been playing really solid. I, I think we just got to break into the topics, guys, because you're right. I mean, A, I don't think we want to deep dive into these games because I think it'll put us in a bad place. Um, the thing that jumped out to me, there was that uh, I think it should have been a – Frank should have got the timeout in the Cavs loss, and they called it a jump ball, and that ended up changing the whole momentum of that game. The Knicks were up one, and then they give up the final seven points in the game to lose it. So let, let's not even. Let's, let's wash our hands of it, and let's talk about um, – I mean, guys, we're more than a third of the way through the season. We're 29 games in. Um, so we, we can look at things in that scope or the past two weeks. I think the first thing we need to do – and and I don't know, Greg. I know he's one of your favorite players all time. But uh, rest in peace, Ron Baker. Um, goodbye, goodbye, sweet prince. Thank you for your your service, Ron Baker. I mean, hate to see him go, but love to watch him leave. You know, <laughs> that's what it <laughs> is. I mean, he was he was unfit for the team. I mean, we got loaded in the backcourt. Maybe he could be the end of a bench guy on some other, some other team that's worse than the Knicks. I don't know. It's tough. And I know Greg has said this before. It's like it's not that we dislike Ron Baker. It's that like I don't know what value he adds to this team. And there were a lot of people were who were much higher on him than they should have been, which isn't his fault. But at the same time, it kind of annoyed me. So, like I said, uh, thank, thanks for coming out, Ron Baker. Appreciate your heart. Appreciate your hustle. Good luck in the future. Yeah, and that last roster spot, man, I mean, for this team, you'd, you'd love to see it go a couple different ways, whether it's, you know, a rookie trying to push it and earn their keep or, heck, even a veteran to keep some of these young guys in line. And I mean, Ron Baker was just kind of living the dream, baby. Yeah. 
And I think Greg kind of hit the nail on the head is we have way too many guys in the backcourt, and especially with uh, with Courtney Lee back now. Like, there just wasn't any room for him. I know a lot of people were saying maybe they cut Cornette. Um, Cornette is, at the very least, a big body, and we saw this week Mitchell Robinson got hurt and Cornette got some minutes and played pretty well, and they just don't have enough depth in the front court to to cut Cornette. Yeah, and I goodbye, Ron. Um, but best of luck. Best of luck to you, I guess. Um, good, good luck in the children's book writing industry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why we're laughing, but I think we know why we're laughing. Um, and and let's let's move on from Ron. Uh, we'll keep it in the backcourt. And I, I don't know where we want to go with this. Do we want to start? Honestly, I think Moody is the story, right? Uh, Manny Money has been playing a really solid point guard position for a guy that coming into this season, I, I didn't even want to give him a full player profile preview because he had some ugly stats out there. But I'll give you guys some more stats. And, Ken, I think I'm going to pass it to you first because you, uh, you, you've you been entrenched in this point guard situation all along with your boy Frank, and we'll get there. But let's start with Manny and Ken. In these past seven games, 32 minutes played, He's shooting 7 of 15 from the field. That's 46% solid. He's shooting 38% from three, 1.6 out of 4.1 attempts. 88% from the free throw line on three and a half attempts. And he's putting up 18 and a half, six assists, three and a half rebounds. Manny Moutier is solid? Question mark? I don't even know that you need a question mark. I think Manny Moutier is solid, uh, and this is kind of what we wanted from him. Uh, we talked a lot about David Fisdale at the beginning of the year saying, uh, I'm going to get you right, and everyone was like, what does that mean? Does that mean like he's all messed up right now? Is that a backhanded <laughs> compliment? I don't know. Uh, but we've seen it this year that you know he's become a solid point guard. Um, he's – He's the only person on the team who has a good balance of attacking the hoop, uh, creating for others, and creating for others. And uh, I'm sure Tom would have some stats to back that up. I think he might have written an article about it a few weeks ago. But it, it it's good to see. That being said, I don't know where he fits in our future. Like I think he, he's best served on a good team to be a backup point guard, uh, maybe a secondary ball handler in some some lineups. So we'll see what happens. I don't. I know Tom and I had a conversation thinking like, do they want to sell high on him right now? If they do, what what could they even get for him? It's tough to say. Yeah, Greggy, you want to talk about uh, Manny Money a little bit? Yeah, Manny's been hooping. He's 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 been the featured player on the team pretty much. To be honest, while Tim Hardaway is in Struggle City, uh, Moody has been stepping up. He led them to that one win. I mean, the one thing is. During this stretch where he's been the uh, maybe you'd call him the the A the A option, they are one in six as we mentioned. So, so how solid is he really? I mean, I mean that's not his fault. He's doing well, but again, one in six bad. It's like the magic basically all these years where you're like, is Vucevic good or like I don't understand why are they so bad every year. Right, Vucevic can get you your 20 and 10 if you lose 80% of your games. And that was talking magic. Um, I think I think one of the big fears for me, and, and you guys danced around it there, is that, okay, so let's say this is Manny Moutier. Let's say he's a, a 15, 6, and 4 player, something like that. At the end of the day, point guard position is stacked in the NBA. Even if we're getting a peak revamped Manny Moutier, I mean, it's tough to picture him being a top 20 point guard in this league. So that reverts back to what you were saying, Ken. I mean, in an, in an ideal world, Manny Moutier is probably this, your sixth man who can play point, who can play a little two guard if you need. Uh, I, I guess my concern is what, how do the Knicks view that going forward? Or is uh, like what you said, is it just a sell now? Like, Hey, Fisdale fixed him. Moutier can shoot solid within 10 feet. Or what, what's the game plan? What do you want the game plan to be? Yeah, and that's that's a good question because 
the the issue the Knicks find themselves in is they want to bring in a big name free agent and you wonder if Moutier is playing himself out of a price range that you would be comfortable paying him just because like he's playing really well and I don't know that they see him as the point guard of the future. So that being said, he is the only guy on the team who can pass it right now, which is a positive. And, you know, maybe if they strike out with everyone else, they just give him some money to play point guard for a little while. But uh, it, it's hard to say at this point. Yeah, and again, we've we've said before it might take an asset to to get rid of Cordy Lee. So if if we think that Moutier is on his way out of town anyway because we, we won't be able to afford him with our cap space, then maybe you you tell the team, hey, we'll give you Moutier if you take Courtney Lee, and then they'd say, hey, that's a pretty good deal for us because we would like Courtney Lee. He's just a little costly, but you guess you could give us something good too. Then here's here's. Sixteen million dollars of expiring contracts. Yeah, we're uh, we're sneaking up into trade machine season, and that's going to be interesting because we're yeah. I'm I'm picturing these Cavalier teams from the past couple years when they were competing to win the title, and you'd look at some of the guys they were playing, and you'd say, "Holy smokes!" If the Knicks could do something like that, you you tag on Moody to Courtney Lee. I mean, you could add two serviceable players to a team's backcourt, which. That's uh that that'll be interesting. I'm I'm excited to dive into the trade machine. Not yet. I think that's an after Christmas thing. Um, maybe, and we'll uh, no one talking Knicks will probably stumble into a whole trade episode at some point where we're <laughs> praying to get rid of some dead money and get some assets. But that's that's not for now. And speaking of assets and building off the point guard, and I think we all feel verified because there was there's a week in Knicks Nation where basically we thought Frankie, Frankie Smokes could be done or Fizdale's lost it. We all kind of stayed calm and we're like, Fizdale does this thing. He benches you for a few games. We saw it with Dame Dot. Um, Frankie gets his three DMPs. He comes back. He plays 15 minutes against Brooklyn with just a solid line. Uh, you know, he, seven points, three assists. He was in the mix. Then he comes back against Charlotte. He puts up an 18 spot, 16 against Cleveland. Um, Kenny, your boy, he's he's back. He looked, I don't know, he he looked solid. Again, again, we were talking about aggression a lot with Frank. Back-to-back games, he has 11 shots and 13 shots. We like that. Yeah, and I think that's that's the biggest thing. And uh, I don't know if it was on the pod or separately. I had a conversation with, with maybe it was one of you guys or maybe it was Tom where we were saying if Frank was doing what he was doing on defense earlier in the season and then doing what Hazonia does on offense, which is just ridiculous overconfidence every time and taking a lot of shots, but missing, would people be happier with that? And I think the answer to that is yes, they would. Um, so seeing him come back with that, with that extra confidence and, um, you know, making some shots, it's, it's a good sign. And, you know, he's shown these flashes before. So what uh, I think I tweeted it out is what Knicks fans have to remember is this is going to be an up and down process. He's not going to go out every night and put up 16, 17, 18 points, but he's going to be consistent on defense. And when he gets his opportunities, he just needs to capitalize and he's still 20. So People just need to chill. Like, don't get too high. Don't get too low. That's what we've been saying since since pretty much the, the DMP started. You just you got to give him some time because those 18-point those games, the 16-point game, that's those are the flashes that we've seen that that he can start doing that. And, and over time, we just want it to become more and more consistent. Yeah. And, Greggy, I know you you and I actually, we, we shared a laugh as we always do. Um I, I think I opened up your eyes to it. I heard it from my boy Rusillo's podcast. Uh, this was this could have been two weeks ago or three weeks ago. But when the, the Frank to the Magic rumors started swirling, that was literally like a blogger that said that. Like, oh, maybe Frank would be a fit on Orlando. <laughs> and then it became like national news. And I, I think we're now reassured that Frank's back in the Knicks and back in the mix with the Knicks. Hello. Um, where are you at on Frankie? I'm all in on Frank. I like today. Today against the Pacers, he was like getting mad at the refs, and he wasn't yelling at him, but he was definitely giving some attitude, which was good to see. You haven't seen that from from him, but now now you see he's, he's more engaged than he's ever been. More 
or lit, if you will, mm-hmm. to use a word from our friend Joe Kim. Um, but he's he's got potential. He played some good D uh, today. I know there was one one sequence when he was guarding Corey Joseph. He was doing a really good job, and then Joseph still somehow posted him up and scored. So maybe he wasn't doing a good job, but it looked good. I don't know. So that that's yes, yeah. that's like, what. That's the thing about playing defense is sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like Tom said the same thing about the the Rodney Hood play at the end of the Cleveland game. He played good defense, and then Hood just made the shot. So it's a tough situation, but you know people have to respect that even when you play good defense, sometimes people score. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a theory that I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find the stats on it, but I, I think defense is – there's a lot of mental stuff that, like, I there's a couple times a game where you'll see Cantor play good defense, but the guy still gets a bucket. And I think it's just the mental, like, oh, well, I got Cantor on me. Like, even if he does contest a shot well, you're just like, I got this guy. Um, I'll, 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 I'll never be able to bring that to fruition, but yeah, I don't know how they're, how you could check those stats, but like, that's the, the thing is, as Frank becomes more respected in this league as a defender the calls will start going his way and he'll become an even more valuable defender. So that's, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. I'm uh, it's, it's exciting. I know again, it's, you know, people, people laugh in Knicks nation that we, uh, we get excited over someone, you know, Frank's got a couple box scores that aren't too fun to look at, but he, he comes out and he does that. And with the defensive capabilities, it, it is funny that he does play with a chip on his shoulder, but I feel like it always comes out at weird times. Um, and it, it comes out like hyper aggressive. So I don't, I don't know if it's controlling that or harnessing that. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's good. And Hey, our, I'm talking Mavs, Dennis Smith jr. With how good Dontrich is playing and what his game is like, he's a guy that's falling out of love in this league. So, Hey, if, if that's who we're going to be compared to forever, we, we, we still got hope. Let's never mention that Donovan Mitchell guy. But <laughs> speaking of me, young – what you got? Before we, we get off of this, I just want to also say to our fans, when you start hearing the rumors about these guys, I just want to look in retrospect now. Like People were saying that Dotson was going to be traded. People were saying that Frank was going to be traded. All of that is just you know New York media blue blowing stuff up. So if you look at it now, it just looks ridiculous like that that was even suggested two weeks ago. So I'm sure it's going to happen again, but just make sure you read what's actually said and don't trust anyone unless it's Woj. Honestly, don't trust anyone in life. Wow. <laughs> wow. We're, uh, <laughs> yeah, now we're giving out life advice. I like that. Um, <laughs> and we're, and we're off the rails. Uh, I was, I was going to kick it to Kevin Knox and I feel like I was going to spruce it up a little bit, but after that life advice, I got nothing, but I'll tell you what the guy in his past th- or the three games leading into tonight, excuse me, uh, was averaging 22 points a game, not and eight rebounds too. the guy boards a little bit. Knox has bunnies, man. Knox gets up that one dunk. We were, yeah. That was like a Kevin Knox. Welcome to the team, Greggy. Talk, talk to us about bunnies, Knox, whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, sure, first Charlotte game, twenty six and fifteen. That's, those are some serious numbers, yeah. honestly. Uh, I mean, last four games, twenty six, nineteen, twenty, fifteen. This guy's starting to score the ball. He's starting to shoot it much better. I mean, he's always had a good looking shot, but I mean, early in the year just wasn't going in. But now. Three of the last four games, he's he's been 50%, four for eight, three for six, three for six. Tonight he was three for nine, which is fine. I mean, it's not what you want, but three for nine you can, you can live with. Obviously, you'd like better, but he's showing the stroke, like you said. End of the Mavs game, he, he threw one down that got, got the Knicks fans bumped, and we thought we were going to win, but it didn't work out. But it was exciting. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And like you guys are saying, he's playing with confidence, and he's he's shooting with confidence, and he's getting his shots up. And I think the the big thing is the last, I don't know, four games or so, he's been shooting it pretty efficiently, and that's what we want from him. Because we said in the beginning of the season, he's a volume shooter, and we don't know if he's not getting those volume shots, you know, if he's going to still be able to score. And he, last three games, 15 shots a game, so like getting up a lot of shots, but shooting a decent clip from the floor, which is uh, good to see. 
Yeah, and yep. like with the one knock on him is Ooh. that there's assist numbers in these these four games: zero, one, three, and one. So, so one so work, other work on that. Work on that. One other knock on Knox uh, that I'm sure Tom would want me to bring up is he is a sneaky bad free throw shooter. Yeah. So uh, going back to the games, 0 for 2 tonight, 3 for 6 last game. He had two games where it was 2 for 2, and then before that it was 1 for 3, 1 for 2, 2 for 4. So not not a great look for a, a guy who's been shooting it pretty well to not be able to knock down free throws at a, at a reasonable clip. Yeah, in the, in the three games before tonight, uh, he was 10 of 20 for 3, um, which I, I don't think we thought – Knox had that in him this year, but you're right. A couple of the free throws he's he's missed have kind of been end of the game, just like a young guy shooting free throws at the end of the game. Like it looks like he just forgets a step. His he doesn't bring the legs with him one free throw. It does it doesn't seem like a concern at this point. It's definitely something to watch out a little bit. Um the guy looks good, though. Um, I, I know we all kind of were a little skeptical coming out, and I think it was a little bit just because he's he's kind of baby-faced with those those cheeks, but my guy's athletic. My guy likes to score. My guy likes to shoot. I, sneaky we're all big in on Knox, right? Yeah, he's sneaky big, sneak, sneaky athletic, and uh, he's got some sneaky length, too. So I think he could, be, he could be a big piece on this team. And I know we were – I don't know if it was – just more me than most people, but I was a little nervous uh, when he came off the injury when he was putting up not great numbers, but he looks healthy now and he's, he's doing well. So I gotta, you gotta love that. Yeah. And the good news for you guys, he shot 77.4% from the line in college. And that's not, as far as I know, that's the same distance. <laughs> nice. There's, I, I hate when we give out advanced stats like that. Um, but, yeah, hey, Knox is shooting, getting some run. Frank is starting to get some run and get his shots up here and there. He's, uh, you know, this is what we've wanted to see. We have, um, I guess, a couple things we need to quick hitters. Burke and Dotson have been nicked up, right? Do we, do we know what's going on with them? I know I just kind of dropped that on you guys. Burke came back tonight. Okay. And he played. Not particularly well, but he, he was there. Yeah, I heard. Uh, <laughs> I was I was watching some of the game recaps, and uh, one of the guys said Trey Trey Burke was out, and the Knicks are one and seven without him. And I was like, "What are we really doing? <laughs> like, that's that's how we're measuring games now. Trey Burke's getting like a LeBron treatment, anyways." Um, yeah. Also on that list of injured players uh, is Iso Zoe, who's been out a few games. He injured himself warming up, pulled a hamstring uh, a couple games ago. Sure. So yeah. Knicks have been very shorthanded. And what we should talk, we should talk about Isozo for a minute. They signed him. We talked about Cudden Baker, but we signed him to a two-year deal using our biannual exception. So he's, I think he's making, someone said he's making more than 20 of the, the first-round picks this year. So good job. Yeah. Good, good job, Zoe. Uh, yep. and, th- and why they did that, they signed him so that they can have him for, for next year as well. Because if they just signed him to a a minimum deal, they would only have him for the rest of this season. Then he'd be restricted. They'd, leave, they'd be in danger of an offer sheet. So this way they can preserve the cap space for, for this summer and, and, and have him on the team next year. And I think, like, someone did the math. It might have been uh, Vorkanov at The Athletic. But, like, the offer sheet would be – like really high, like more than he's making next year if they if they decided that. Uh, so technically, I think next year is an option, and um, they don't actually have to exercise it. But the the uh, offer sheet I think is 125 percent of what he's making this year, whereas next year he's only making 105 percent of what he's making this year. So it's a it's a weird situation. Trier, man, I got I got caught up in some of his highlights today, and I've. It, sometimes it just blows my mind how much of a pro he looks like. But yeah, get get healthy, Zoe. We'll uh, we'll see you soon. Um, I don't know what what do you boys want to talk about? Do you is Courtney Lee in and of itself a topic? I, I feel like we've we've run around that a little bit. Um, at 
at Please. some point we just we just got to talk about Joakim Noah. Like at some point, hit it, Kenny. You, I know you've been chomping at it. So I'm sure all of you have seen the uh, stuff going around about Joakim Noah said he was too lit to be in New York. Uh, basically, um, he was saying that he was partying too much when he was in New York to to like be valuable to the team. He said Memphis is the perfect place for him because he doesn't have to go out and do anything. By the way, J.R. Smith said at the same said a similar thing when he got traded to Cleveland. He's like, there's nothing to do here, so all I have to do is play basketball. Um, and it came out a little later that the front office had told Frank Nielakina and Kristaps Porzingis not to hang out with Joakim Noah. And the reason this is interesting is because there has been so many people, Jake being one of them, mm. who were like, this guy, regardless of what he gives you on the floor, is a locker room presence. He's a guy that's going to like, teach teach these young guys how to do it and i had somewhat bought into that as well because it made sense he was on he uh played for a good chicago bulls team and it was known for being a leader on that team and then it turns out that it's the exact opposite case and like you look back when um i think greg was questioning why they they cut him um preseason rather than just letting him sit on the bench and then cutting him next year and having it be a, a smaller amount of the cap space and it turns out it's because like he's an actual bad influence on the rest of the team, which is kind of has to be vindicating a little bit for the front office. Yeah, that's insane, by the way. Um, <laughs> like, like, what are we really doing here? Uh, and I mean, Noah, like Noah's not a young guy. Noah's 33. When he signed with the Knicks, he was 30, 30, 31. So like, dude, you're still partying at that rate i mean i guess bless your heart but um yeah and he's getting he's getting 15 minutes per night for the grizzlies and just doing like joe kim stuff but yeah i will say that i don't think it was just because he was too lit why he was bad the year before the knicks signed him to that four year 72 million dollar deal he played 29 games and averaged 4.3 points per game which as Pretty we all know, is that's how you earn the big bucks. <laughs> Brutal. Um, that's, how, that's how Ron Baker got there too, right? Hey, I've yeah. got a good spin. I've got a good spin on all that. Kevin Knox, NBA draft, wears the Fortnite jacket. Kind of a young guy loser. I like that. <laughs> Maybe we need more of that in New York. Because um, apparently the partying is just killing Joakim Noah and Ron Baker's careers. Um, I might have made up the last part there, but I don't know. Keep hey, play video games and basketball. I I can get down with that, Noxie. I bet Ron Baker's fun to party with. Yeah, Ron was lining up dudes on Instagram again, so I know we like yeah. that. Yeah, love he's, that. He's the best. Um, I I don't want to end here because I I think we're gonna come down a little bit. Um, Timmy Limmy Jimmy is uh he's coming back to earth a little bit. Um. Our, my boy, who I was trying to make an all-star campaign for, uh, apparently when you're the inefficient shooter on a team that doesn't win basketball games, you, you don't get a lot of all-star game love. Um, I mean, ha- have you guys seen anything? Uh, I, the guy's still racking up 20-point games, uh, which is good, but I, that shooting percentage is still under 40%, which, I mean, that's, uh, that's no good, as they say in the biz. Um, I mean, Ken, are you are you seeing anything you like, you dislike? Is it the shots are going in, the shots aren't going in? We're we, this guy needs help. What do we think? I mean, the guy's always been a chucker, and he's always been kind of a streak shooter. Uh, I think the hope was that he would just become more consistent and um, just not have as many of those games where he's not making shots. It's it's a tough spot that he got pushed into where now he is the main focal point of the offense, and so he's still getting his shots up. It's just usually against a better defender than he should be going against, and uh, not always taking great shots. I know he's a he's been taking a lot of kind of pull up threes and a lot of just um, in traffic difficult shots. Uh, whereas in an ideal situation, I think he would be taking more you know, normal shots uh, and being set up a little more by. Um, you know, a point guard who was better at creating for others, but he's not in that situation. So guys got to chuck respect. 
Yeah, and I mean, while the Knicks have a bunch of people who can who can score, they don't have a bunch of people who can pass. So that's yeah. what makes it tough for a guy like that's what makes it tough for everybody on the team, to be honest. Yeah, because it makes it, it you're less efficient. I think catch and shoot is usually you're better at shooting catch and shoot than off the dribble. And most of the guys in the Knicks are guys who are kind of being whether it's because that's how they play or because that's just the situation that they're in, they're being forced to take a lot of difficult pull-up jump shots, uh, you know, in uh, difficult situations. Yeah. You got guys no, – nobody really needs to be doubled. Um, some guys like Frank don't even need to be guarded. Oh. So – Makes it tough for some other people. I mean, but most people on the team can get their own. You got Trey Burke, Isozo, Timmy – they can all do their own thing, but but then you have them all playing together, and it's terrible. Yeah, I guess I I, I liked what Ken said there. I, we we do have to hold off some judgment because he kind of has been thrust into this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but at at the same time, I will say something that's tough is like you know I'm I'm looking at some of these game logs. You know, a six for thirteen night from three, four for nine, three from eight. And then surrounding those games is an 0 for 6 and an 0 for 5. So I, the consistency, you do want to see more of that. I guess we do want to withhold some of that judgment till he's got some of these guys. I mean, and, and I will say this, around the league a little bit, uh, I, you guys know I'm a, I'm a big Ryan Rossillo fan, and sometimes to listen to him I have to listen to Bill Simmons, which is fine. Um, but, you know, there's just, you know – I when I hear them compare Golden State to the 09, the 07 Celtics, I'm like, please stop. But um, it, Tim, Tim's getting respect around the league. Like the, the guy goes out there and balls and he can have a big night. And I, I think that's, that's going to be part of it. We'll see how that ties into free agency and anything. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say – kind of kind of bring some, some of the knickknacks that we have listed i'll i'll pass it off to to you greg if you want to mention any of these things i mean courtney lee i have courtney lee luke cornett um what i don't have listed i know kenny mentioned some zone defense which we can talk about that now now we're now we're talking sexy stuff when i bring up zone defense but i don't know what does any of that jump off to you greg nope <laughs> I mean, Courtney Lee just gotta gotta get back in shape. He went down to the D League for a little bit. G League. All right, he went back down <laughs> to the G League for a little bit. Here, uh, per his request, he said, "Gotta get his feet back under him." So that's good. That's very noble of him. So he's a good guy. I mean, it'll be good to see him get back in game shape. Hopefully, he builds up enough value that you can attach him to something. I mean, he obviously. You're, you're worried more about his contract than about about him as a basketball player. So you want to see him do well, so he, he can he can go somewhere else. And I'm sure he'd appreciate going to a contender himself. So I don't think he he'd complain. Yeah, and we we like Courtney Lee. We yes. just he, he doesn't have a spot on this team in the future. So you know, I think it's best for everyone if he we can find a spot where we can move him to a contender, and uh, you know, put him in a better situation, have the, the team in a better situation. Yeah, we like Courtney Lee. He's one of our better players. If we wanted to try our hardest to win, he would play a lot. But I don't, I don't know that that is what we want. Yeah, I wonder because he he is a veteran presence, and we just talked about how not veteran presence Joe Kim Noah was. Um, you, you wonder if that is a factor. I mean, that's something behind the scenes we'll never know. Um, but yeah, if, if they can't really do anything with them trade-wise, I, I wonder if he, you know, turns into that kind of player coach and kind of guide, guides these young guys through the next year and a half or whatever. Uh, we'll see on that. Is, is Luke Cornett an NBA basketball player? Do I just throw that out there? Yeah, he's an NBA player. I think so, right? Yeah. But I feel dumb saying that. <laughs> he's fun. I'll tell you what, he's, he's a fun guy to watch just because he's – a lot like Porzingis, like the very poor man's Porzingis, in that he's seven, he's seven one or something like that, a couple inches shorter than uh, Porzingis. He can get some rebounds, he can occasionally block some shots, and he can shoot the three. But like, 
sometimes he's out there and he just looks completely lost. Whereas other times he's out there and like, he looks like this guy could be a starter in the NBA. So it's, it's, it's tough to say with him, but he's fun. Really makes you question whether Kenny's ever seen Porzingis play. (laughs) So poor man's Porzingis. The poorest. He's he's a, he's a tall person. I think is what, is what you're trying to say. (laughs) A a tall person who shoots three. (laughs) All right. Whatever, bro. <laughs> no, Cornet's a fun guy to watch. He's he's fun because he's he's not shy. He fires away from three when he gets it. So that's that's good to watch. He anchored the team in the center position. I, I uh, in that Hornets game. I came back from work and it was like a two point game in the fourth quarter with not much time left. And Cornet was just playing center, and I was just confused. I was like, "What's going on right now?" <laughs> Kenny told me ever. Yeah, Kenny said that everyone was hurt, and then Cornette led us to victory, or at least he was on the court while Moutier led us to victory. <laughs> I think they were, down, they were down. They were down to eight guys at one point, right? Yeah, Robinson got hurt. Frank got hurt. Trier was already hurt. Dotson was hurt. Lance Thomas has been hurt. <laughs> Burke was hurt. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm going through some old box scores now, or excuse me, Luke Cornett's game log, and I think I think I'm going to be able to cook up some fancy Luke Cornett stats because in games he's averaged when he's gotten 20 or more minutes, <laughs> I think this guy <laughs> averages some good stuff. Uh, I don't know; it'll be interesting. We talked about how we're thin at big, and this guy, you're right, man. When he starts stroking it, like he. He's the poorest. He's poor Zingas on his deathbed. Um, sorry, sorry, Luke. I, I know if you're listening, um, that's tough. Ken, you you wanted to talk about the zone, and it was part of the reason we won that Charlotte game. Uh, what what do you have on this? So I do want to talk about the zone. I think it might lead us into a conversation generally about Fizdale. Okay. Like, I. This is another one, the one of those things where I think people get too hyped up on stuff because it helped us in that Charlotte game, but they've tried it before and it went really, really badly. So, like, I think some of that you could chalk up to Fisdale, you know, experimenting and be like, "Hey, go out there and try this," and it's going to take a little while for it to to come to fruition and work. But you know, people saw it work in the Charlotte game and like, "Oh, this was genius." forgetting that, you know, it led to probably losses in the previous Charlotte game and the Cleveland game. So, you know, like hold your horses, understand that maybe we have something there, maybe we don't, uh, but it's too early to, to make that decision. I like that. Has zone, has zone worked in the NBA ever? <laughs> Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks used it um, when they were good, like maybe 10 years ago. Uh, okay. And, so they use it on and off. I don't know how their year ended up, but they were good that year. Um, and it's just – so the reason that for, – for casual listeners out there, the reason that teams don't usually use it in the NBA is first off because the players are much more skilled, second off, and uh, possibly more important, maybe not, but they have the defensive three seconds. So um, guys can't just – big man can't just camp out in the lane. They have to you know get outside of the lane, which is bigger in the NBA than it is in college. And, um, you know, you see kind of of a little bit of a, a learning curve there. Like we saw Mitchell Robinson in one of the games got a defensive three seconds and you could hear Dotson just yell at yelling at him while he was getting three seconds, get out of the paint, get out of the paint. And then after they called it, he went over and talked to him. So it's, it's tougher to play in the NBA than it is, uh, you know, in college or, or, you know, under that. Yeah. And like you said, lane is wider. But free throw lines the same distance, like I said earlier. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. uh yeah. All right. Um and it is <laughs> it is crazy how good NBA players are at are at shooting the basketball. So yeah. I know Jake Jake does talk in Huskies. Last year, I mean, during the Kevin Ali area era after after Shabazz left, if you played a zone against the Yukon Huskies, you you automatically won the game. Yeah, because they weren't knocking down anything. But you do that against an NBA team, and then bang, 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 and open shots are just knocked down. And we saw a little bit of that tonight um, with, I think, Bogdanovich and uh, McDermott hit a couple threes. 
going against the zone and it's like, oh, they're just wide open because the, the zone is shifting and taking a little while to move. So it is tougher to play in the NBA. And, you know, like I said, maybe we have something some games, maybe we don't. I think Breen said it on the on the broadcast tonight that it's just not something that, you know, you can play every possession just because, you know, the teams are so good and there's just too many shooters on the floor nowadays. Yeah, and this year's supposed to be the experimental year. I mean, I, I caught myself – I, I mentioned a little bit of my feelings for Boston earlier, but one of my, one of the favorite favorite things I've seen any Boston sports team do is when they brought in Brad Stevens and they basically said, "Hey, we're gonna be bad, and that's fine. Like, just learn the ropes, Brad. We believe in your basketball IQ. This is gonna come together. We've got picks. We've got young guys." And then I kind of did that. I, I took a seat back, thinking about this Knicks team with Fizdale right now. And you know he's doing the tough love stuff. He's I, I was trying I was trying to get out of Nick Phantom and view it and like okay so he's doing the tough love stuff to Frank and Dotson. They're each taking their run. I get I guess in my head I like that. We still need to see it play out the the second two thirds of the season. But he's revitalized Moody, eh? I and we're so here's here's the other thing. And and Greg, I'll pass it to you because I know you're normally our win the championship this year guy. We are the fifth worst team in basketball. The teams below us are the Suns, who are, I mean, a wreck. Uh, the Hawks, who went full rebuild and passed on Luka Doncic. Jeez. Um, the defending NBA Eastern Conference champion Cavaliers, who now the Tristan <laughs> Thompson is out. I mean, they're they're just in a tough spot. Um, our Brooklyn, the Nets kind of ran away from us. They've won five in a row. Maybe they come back. But the other team is the Bulls, who are a complete disaster. Their players are running amok right now. Um, so I don't know. I guess a, a third of the way in, and a, a, if you want to get heavy, you can. Um, and I mean, what is this? Are are we are we okay with Fizdale and in testing zone and benching these young guys? Sometimes are we like okay? This third of the season was fun, like. Don't don't screw around with Frank anymore, right, Bud? Like we we need to see this guy play. What what do you think, Greg? I think we're six games back of the eight seed. Oh no! <laughs> and then oh, no. I mean, all all you need to do to win the championship is make the playoffs. Then eight seed over Wait. one seed has happened before. Dallas Mavericks. Nah. I mean, Dallas Mavericks were the one seed in that situation. Yeah, <clears throat> but I mean, Aaron Davis and the Warriors, right? Yep, yep. We'll take we'll take what Fizz has been doing. I mean, we've been frustrated a little bit with with the Frank benching, but it, it appears to have worked more or less for I mean, in this small sample size of what we've seen since then. But he's come back with with some attitude and he's ready to ball, which is good. Uh, I think the one thing that that make, will make Fizz's job easier as this season goes on is that someone's getting traded. I don't know when, but it's got to be. Before the all before the All Star break, at some point, one of these one or two of these backcourt guys are going to be gone, and then he'll be able to actually develop the people. He'll he'll know who's going to be on the team next year. He'll have or at least he'll have a better outlook of it, and so he could really really test what he's going to do with these guys. So I mean, it's it's a delicate balancing match because on the one hand you want to develop your own guys, but you also got to you got to play the guys that you want to trade in order to give them some value to make them tradable. So he's, he's doing a good enough job for me. Yeah. And I'll, I'll start with one bad thing and then I'll, I'll get into, I think the good thing is, okay. and we talked about this before, like they just don't really have an offense. The Knicks don't have an offense. It's a, a lot of ISO. And I think there's been a little better passing lately, but it's still a lot of ISO Zoe, a lot of ISO Trey Burke, a lot of ISO Tim Hardaway Jr. And, you know, that's not an ideal situation. Sometimes it's throw the ball down to Enos Cantor and let him do his thing. And maybe, maybe you know, when Greg's situation comes to fruition and a couple of those guys are gone, it makes it easier to try to build chemistry. But at, at some point this year, you want to build chemistry on the offense so people can have have that foundation for next year. So that's, that's my one concern with Fisdale. And I'll say with respect to, you know, this two, three zone, it kind of gave me a new perspective on Fizz Cause uh, I'm like, Oh yeah, he, he doesn't care at all. He's just going to do whatever he wants and, and figure out what he's got with this team. And a lot of what he's doing is just experimenting 
not too worried about winning games, uh, just trying to figure out what he has. And I kind of respect that, like Jake was saying, like give him some leash um, to, to figure things out. I just want you know, I get a little upset when he doesn't play those young guys, uh, but, you know, it's worked a little bit. And maybe when there's not as much competition for minutes, that he'll go back to that or he'll uh, won't have to go back to that. But, you know, I, I think it's a good thing for him to to be trying stuff out and figuring things out now um, while you know there's no real pressure to win. So maybe the maybe the zone defense works. Maybe these, uh, you know, some of these players pan out like the the Moutier has gotten better and, you know, Frank's looking a little bit better and Dotson's looking a little bit better. So hopefully that all works out and they win the championship next year. You know, hopefully it all works out and they win the championship this year. That too. Um, one thing I'll say is that I've seen too much Mario Hazonia. I saw him tonight. Also he, he was in in a close game in the fourth quarter, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, but but still the fourth quarter. And I mean, he just he just doesn't do it for me. I don't I don't know. Um, and that so that's go ahead. Right, that's another thing. Uh, like. When the it was another thing that bothered me when he wasn't playing Frank is that he said the reason he was playing Hazonia was for his defense, and it's just like Hazonia is not a great defender. Um, and I know I, I talked to Tom about it who watched some tape and he said Hazonia had been playing, he'd had some good plays, he's had some terrible plays, but he had some good plays, and like he's a very good communicator out on the fo- floor. But there is no world in where which he is a better defender than Frank, and Frank wasn't getting minutes. And so, you know, looking back at the perspective after after he went to the 2-3, it's like, oh, I think he's just trying to, you know, offer some re- rationale for what he's doing. But really, he's just experimenting and, and seeing what's going on. So, like, I think I can, you know, respect that a little more than him using that as an actual justification. Yeah. yeah. I, the, the, the biggest thing for me has been that Hazonia and Cantor are friends from what I see on Instagram. So... If, if that keeps Cantor happy, we're happy. I don't know. Do we want to drive Cant- Cantor not happy so he's out of town? <laughs> How have we not mentioned him yet, <laughs> yeah. by the way? We're about 50 minutes in and no Cantor. So one thing about Zonia, uh, they, just, they they spent their mid-level, most of their mid-level exception on him. So, I mean, that's, that's a little bit of an investment. Uh, so, so he was kind of like the marquee guy they brought in this summer. I mean, not saying much, but he was. <laughs> so that's that's one of the reasons why you play him. But if you look at the Chicago Bulls and they said that Jabari Parker's out of the rotation now. So maybe maybe something like that happens eventually. You cut your losses and you say, you know, I I mean, do you is there any chance that Mario Hazonia is gonna be on this team next year? We we doubt it, unless he's on the minimum contract. Um so we'll see if eventually they cut their losses. He's not terrible. He's just not I, good. I, I can't imagine him on the team next year. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Um, yep, I'm, I'm still laughing that we haven't mentioned Canner. I mean, he's just been doing just the same thing. Canter, <laughs> thanks. 15 and 10 gets torched on defense. <laughs> that was talking Canter. Yeah. That's that's Canter. And like that's why we're not talking about him is because it's, it's a little – I feel like it's going to be the same every episode. So he's doing the same things, playing great defense, getting rebounds, not doing much on the the defensive end. Yeah, amen. And I I think my my closing closing thought on the Fisdale stuff, and I I just in my head I took a step back and I was like, hopefully in 2020, 2021, we come back to some big game the Knicks win with the zone, and you come back and say, hey. December 2018, we were talking about they were testing out the zone against Charlotte. Um, I don't know. Sometimes as a Nick fan, you have to go to some, <laughs> some deep places <laughs> to, to enjoy what you're watching out there. Um, and speaking about what we're watching out there, we've got three coming up this week, boys. Um, <laughs> against, <laughs> you won't say this a lot, two of the games are against teams that are worse than us. We are home versus Phoenix. We are at the Illadelph, and we are – Home versus Hotlanta. Um, man, I, I caught I, – I forget when I caught part of an Atlanta game this week. Again, maybe a little too much into my life. Dude, watching Vince Carter still do it is awesome. 
mm. by the way. Um, but what, I mean, what, like, do we, do we want to win these games? If, if we end up losing to Phoenix in Atlanta, now we're in like the top three of the lottery. So I, I don't know, Greg, give me the championship talk. Ken, bring me down yeah. to earth. I mean, I think you gotta, you gotta win the games that you can. Otherwise you're just getting everybody demoralized. I'm sure. Uh, especially me, I'd be demoralized if we <laughs> lost, if we went on three this week. When you, like I said, when you sent me this, the, the last two week schedule, I didn't realize that there was, there were six losses out of the seven games. I didn't know that that's, that's what was going on. So I'm sure in the locker room, they're very well aware that that's what's happening. So you need some wins to, to keep morale alive. And I mean, the Suns are bad. Hawks are bad. Let's go get a couple, couple W's. At least one you need. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I agree with all that. Um, like, we talk about it a lot that these games count towards the, the draft lottery too, but it is important for, for these young guys to get some wins and to, to build some confidence. That being said, early in the season, I think it was their whole thing that they would lose to bad teams and then play really close and well against good teams. So maybe they do that. And they, I, I, you know what? I'm going to take that. They're going to beat Philly and lose the other two games. How do you like that? Love that, Ken. Love that. Um, don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, again, every game is touch and go. Like I, it, it's it's a crazy world being a Knicks fan. Like I, I would easily take all these losses for for Frank or Knox to have like a first thirty point game, something like that. Um, I don't know. I, I guess the one thing that jumps out to me, and I, I don't know what this is in my head, but. I I I'm I'm still kind of in on Trey Young. Like I just think right now with his actual body physique, it's 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 basically a high schooler trying to play in the NBA. <laughs> um, I, I think he's very skilled. I think it's it's going to take time, but I I, I think he's going to be good eventually. But I want to see Frank just like destroy him, like just physically, mentally. Like I want Frank to smother him so much on defense that I, I like I think that can be Frank's biggest calling card. If any point guard he comes up against that's under six three, just feels like Frank is a nightmare for them. So I don't know, Frank, go out there and embarrass Trey Young. Watch cuts to Trey Young fifty point game in the <laughs> garden. But um, I I don't Frank- know. I, I guess that's what I'm watching. So Frank played pretty well against Trey Young. Last time they played, I think he he held them down pretty well. I think Trey got some points when Frank wasn't on him. So, I mean, I think it's, it's going to fall on the matchups because right now Frank's not in the starting lineup, and I'm pretty sure Trey Young is. But uh, I'm sure he'll, they'll, get, they'll get some minutes against each other. But important to not just look at the stats and actually watch the games and watch those matchups. Greg Arai was a bullfrog. Yeah, I mean, if, if Frank's not Ding up uh, Trey Young, he'll be – Guarding someone even better because Jeremy Lin's a backup. Ooh. Mm. True. No, it's also kind of funny. I, I want Frank to embarrass Trey Young, but I want Vince Carter to embarrass Frank. So he has something to work on. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Talk talk about again. Last hey, time I'll say it, being a Knicks hey, fan. Hey, hey guys. Guys. Yes. So I, I looked this up and um uh, because I was trying to figure it out when we were talking about the two three defense, but I didn't look it up quickly enough. The Dallas Mavericks did use the 2-3 two, two, in the 2011 NBA Finals where they beat the Miami Heat. So it wow. has been used successfully within the last seven, eight years. And who was an assistant coach on that Miami Heat team? David Fisdale. Boom! Sounds like he was on the wrong end of that. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, someone hit the music. I, I think that was good. You learn from the losses, man. Yeah. Greg, any any final motivating quotes or losses or championship hopes? Nah, I mean, like I said, don't trust anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. So with that, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. Um, follow us at, at Talking Knicks. Uh, follow follow all of us on Twitter. You guys you guys want to sweat your handles? Is that a phrase I mean, that you I mean, I, I, I just I use the talking Knicks, so it's at talking Knicks. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, Kenny's primarily running that, but I'm on there as well. 
I'm, I'm at talking Knicks, and then I'll do at at talking Knicks pod if I have something to say that's I don't want attributed to the rest of you guys. <laughs> too controversial. I like that. Well, I'm at talking Jake. If you if you guys have been following, or if you heard our our boy Tommy Piccolo, a he was on uh what was Knicks that films. Knicks, Knicks film school. Knicks film school. He did awesome there. Follow him on Twitter, and he just got a puppy dog, Colby. So shout shout out to Colby. And I think that's it. So for for Gregory, Kenneth, and myself, talking Knicks, we're back, baby. It's it's going to be an exciting month or two with <laughs> trade deadline and seeing how the rest of the season follows up. Hopefully, you guys follow up with us. Thank you for listening. Let's go Knicks. Knicks take. <laughs>